Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 54. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm a little stressed because I remembered as soon as you started your intro that I didn't find a number for today's podcast. Oh, uh, So I pulled it up. I pulled it up right now. Folded up. Pulled it up. There's five players with a 54. None of them are great. Is it Ross Wait, Johnson? Wait, that's 54? NHL numbers. This is NHL. Fail. No. Fail. Just burr, burr, failed miserably. I opened my beer without spilling it, but I couldn't find a stupid number. So, yeah, who do we got, Matt? Who do we got? I don't know. I didn't look. I was banking on you this week. What is wrong with you? Why would you never because trust I always, me? I always ask you. You don't ask me. Oh, well, now I'm asking you, and neither of us know. So let's Google it. Yay. Well, I said Ross Johnson, but I was wrong. He's 52, right? I believe so. Isn't it Casey Zizekas who's 54? No, he's 53, Mitch. Oh, see? Close. Three players. Oh. Okay. 54 is either Kip Miller from 1998, <laughs> Rob Collins from 2006, or Curtis McLean from 2009. Take your pick. Um, let's uh, just call uh, this this uh, this podcast the Three-Headed Hydra um, edition, where the Three-Headed Hydra is forgetfulness, busyness, and... Laziness. We'll solve. How could he be lazy and busy? But let's just go with that. It's more so forgetfulness because we both forgot to pull it and then we both relied on someone else. Yeah, and the names were kind of forgettable too. Well, we didn't know that until we just looked at it. So, <laughs> But that's yeah. what I'm going with. Okay, perfect. Anyway, so interesting start to the show today. Hopefully we mm. can bounce back after this. But We will. Speaking of bouncing back, Mitch... As we get into our first New York Islanders topic, do the Islanders bounce back and make the playoffs this year? You did a piece this week on the Islanders' playoff chances. So do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, what the inspiration for that was Emmanuel Perry from Corsica put out his uh, yearly NHL playoff probability. So this is the probability of every NHL team making the playoffs. And the Islanders had an 8.4% chance of making the playoffs. <gasps> That's so low. Why does he hate us so much? Although to be fair, when you think about it, yeah, that sounds about right. When you consider the players the Islanders added, the players the Islanders lost, and just on paper and the statistics and the analytics, the wars for those players, the expected goals for for those players, they lost more than they gained. So that makes sense. An 8.4% or anything very low makes total sense. What do you think about an 8.4%? If I tell you the Isles have less than a 10% chance of making the playoffs, you say? Higher. Oh, wow, really? Okay. Okay. Okay, well, here's why? my here's my thing. I'm gonna, I might put you on the spot here, but who yep. was the lowest in the league? 
Oh, I don't remember, but I think it was probably the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators or Buffalo Sabres, well, one of the two. Well, at 8 point, was it 8.4? 8.4? 8.4. So where where was that? Was that like the third lowest? Was it like... I think it was fourth lowest. Montreal, I think, had a 10% chance, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just pull it up here as I say it. I have the article here, and let me just pull up the link for all the teams. Uh, my internet is a bit quicker, and my computer is a bit quicker here, so it should be pretty quick. The Islanders were one, two, three, four, five, sixth, with an 8.4% chance. Below them were Vancouver, the Rangers, Ottawa, Arizona, and last was Buffalo with a 2.3% chance. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I guess it's fair. Because I would, I would say that's if I had to pick, like where they would be drafting if it if it was like okay you just flip it and it's like worst team all the way back up to the best team or Stanley Cup winner, I would probably because where were they at eleventh they finished eleventh towards the bottom right they would have had the eleventh pick no tenth and then they ended up with they 11th had 12th. the tenth yeah okay so they, they only went up to eleventh because Carolina won the lottery for second right. Yeah, you know what? That's probably pretty fair. I retract my statement. That's fair. See, to me, I also agree that this is fair in terms of on paper. In terms of the analytics and the argument about the players coming in and their value in terms of the analytics, this makes sense. But when you you also have to consider that Barry Trotz is coming in. And Barry Trotz probably isn't factoring into this 8.4% very much. The stability that he's going to bring to the worst blue line in the NHL last season. And these aren't... They're they're trying to project, clearly. But it's going to be hard to project when the Islanders had a terrible defensive year last year. And they bring back that terrible defensive lineup and an equally terrible goalie system or or tandem in, in Leonard and Grice... That's not going to look good. I get it. I get it. But I think the Islanders could do a lot better than this. I really do. Look, the Edmonton Oilers have a 30.5% chance. I think the Islanders are going to end up around there come, I don't know, midseason. A 30% chance of making the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So was Edmonton the, like the middle of the pack at 30% or... Are they still um, towards the bottom? No, they're about like 12th from the bottom. Or, sorry, if the Islanders were 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 from the bottom. So around where the Islanders were last year, right? So not totally out, not like totally out of it, but far enough where it's just kind of at the end of the season you go, yeah, they weren't great. I still think the Islanders can do better. I, th- I just... I can I can see them surprising with Barry Trotz not factored into this whatsoever. I see them surprising. I guess this is what really what it comes down to is: Do you think they're going to finish with more or less points than last year? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. And listen, the over under is at what eighty three point five, and they finished with eighty last year. Uh yes. So they're already they being Vegas is already projecting, not projecting, but kind of putting even money at. They're going to be better, ostensibly. So, I absolutely think they can be better. I absolutely think they can. Can they be worse? Yeah, this can all go to hell in a handbasket real quick, real quick. I just think that because the, with the narrative, the new coaching, uh, the emergence of Matthew Barzell and giving that extra role, I really think that this team could click. I really do. I hope you're right. Right now, I'm. I'm just nervous about their forward group. I still really, am. yeah. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm more nervous about their def- their defense. You see, for me, I'm I'm all in on Trotz being uh, the fix there. That the personnel wasn't the issue. I'm into. I'm I bought into that. I'm buying into Leonard giving you average numbers. I'm worried about depth on offense. Okay. Oh, really? You got me on all shook up here. I'm I'm not confident the Islanders are going to be fantastic offensively, but I'm confident they can be top half of the league. It's the, that top six of Bo, Barzal, uh, Eberle, Lee, Bailey, uh, I think are pretty good. There's just that, that sixth player. The, who, down the middle, they're going to be weak. Well, yeah, maybe. 
we'll, we'll, we'll get to him in a second and where they're going to Brock Nelson as a second line center. Uh, but maybe Jan Kovar steps in and, and not, not maybe, but hopefully Jan Kovar steps in and can be that, that, that go between, right? Not maybe go between. Maybe that's the wrong word. Can be that player to just kind of solidify that second pairing or that second line. Yeah, could I talk got about him for a quick players second? on his wings? Sure, let's do that. Because I looked up his numbers for uh, something because I was writing about uh, Josh Hosang and how he could actually help on the power play. Yeah. And I was saying that he could be like the guy who carries the puck into the zone and stuff like that because he's so good at it mm-hmm. on that second power play unit. And I was trying to think of a center who I would want to put with that group. And Kovar came to mind because he is a faceoff machine. He, at the KHL level, the KHL absolutely. level, he at one year he won fifty eight percent of his faceoffs. That's huge. I think it was fifty three or fifty four percent last year. He won. I think over his KHL career, it's fifty three, fifty four percent. Yeah, right. So uh, he's a sure handed faceoff guy, which is something the Islanders kind of struggled with. I, I guess would be the mm-hmm. right way of putting it. I believe they were below 50% last season. Yeah, Not far it, below, but but 49 point something percent. So both him and really Filippula too should help that out. But mm-hmm. I just wonder how his game transitions. That's a big question. Yeah, and I think that's everyone's question, right? Uh, even, even Barzal, when, when we're talking about faceoffs, I just have it open here. He was 42.6 on the faceoff last year. Yeah, that's not good. I, I don't value faceoff wins that much, but that's low. That's low, especially the guy who's going to who's primarily going to be taking your your draws this year. Woo, woo! You want to improve that? Um, I, I I'm I'm sold on Kovar. Maybe not sold. No, I'm I'm high on Kovar. I'm really just kind of I'm hoping he's the guy. I want him to be the guy, and so I'm convincing myself that he's the guy. Um, so I'm really setting myself up for, for disaster if it doesn't. I initially was just like you, but I've walked myself back a little bit. I'm a little, getting a little bit more skeptical as uh, the offseason grows longer. So why, why are you growing skeptical about a guy that you haven't seen yet? Is it just kind of the fact that you haven't seen him is really yeah. growing on you? Okay. Yeah, first, at first glance of the numbers, like, oh, these look good. Yeah, and then the more I think about it, I'm thinking about the KHL as a whole and the NHL and I don't know I just the more time I have to think about something I start to think about the worst case scenario more <laughs> totally <laughs> well, bad start outlook, thinking about but... the best case scenario that he comes in and he's a point per game player that we got an Alex Radulov type guy on our hands although Alex Radulov wasn't necessarily a point per game he's close pretty close right so yeah so you bring in a guy like that two million dollars oh my god that's amazing even if he's not a point per game even if he gets you 50 points that's amazing so if he puts up 50 points then you could probably make the case that everyone in the islanders top six puts up 50 points or more right mm-hmm. yeah i think so if they do that then i think they have a much better shot at making the playoffs Those i don't even think they have up. a much better shot i think they make the playoffs if they do that Probably, right? Like if we're taking all of our other assumptions we've already said where Barry Trotz has a, a positive effect on the defensive line and Leonard gives you not good goal not great goaltending, but good goaltending. So NHL average, like a nine thirteen save percentage. I think they make the playoffs. They right. probably don't make noise in the playoffs, but they get there. Right. Like let's just say that they're if the goalies are fifteenth in the league, defense is fifteenth, right smack in the middle, and then your top six, they all give you fifty points. You're probably a playoff team. You're probably yeah, a wild exactly. card team, right? Yeah, look at the Devils last year. Yes, they had Taylor Hall, but they had that kind of production, that that depth of scoring. It wasn't fantastic. It was well behind was okay. his ninety four yeah. points, but it was okay. They had okay defense and they had okay goaltending, and boom, they make the playoffs. They get stomped out by Tampa Bay pretty quick, but they made yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, that's sure, but they still get there. And, and in a team like ours, who's not necessarily rebuilding, but is trying to lay the foundations of success in year one to make the playoffs, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. I don't think the expectation is to go on a run this year mm-hmm. or anything like that, but you're starting to build towards that. That's right. Absolutely. So we'll see. Maybe they surprise people, but 
As for so, right now, this perfect. moment. Right, right there, I want to stop you there because that's a perfect summation of what I wrote is that we aren't surprised at the Islanders being having a low probability, but I think the Islanders will surprise. It's perfect what you said. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that then. Perfect. Again, perfection. Do you want to talk about something else that's perfection? Oh, do I ever. Okay. So, Mitch, would you believe me if I told you that Matt Barzell is actually underrated? Matt, I would believe you. You would believe me? Okay. I thought most people would be like, no, there's no way that we could possibly be underrating this guy. Well, we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. He, he wasn't rated in, in, in the top 50 by the EA, by EA Sports, and he's rated top 40 in the league by Sportsnet, even though he was the 16th highest scorer in the NHL last season. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. All right. So maybe. Uh, <laughs> How maybe is he right. undervalued? How is he. Well, uh, I. God, I smacked my hand on the wood. Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. So, some advanced numbers courtesy of NHL.com. Barzell led the league last year in pose- an offensive zone possession time per game with one minute and 12 seconds. Of possession, Duty. possessing the puck in the offensive zone. Usually, the perennial winner is Patrick Kane. He was at a minute ten, I believe. <laughs> Patrick Kane, who's that? So that kind of just shows you the company that he is in, and that he was mm-hmm. leading it in his rookie year. So let's just think of this for a second before we move on to some of the some of the other ones that I wanted to show you. He's going to get more ice time this year too. He averaged just over seventeen minutes per game. He's probably going to be playing closer to 19 or 20 minutes on the top line, you would think. No? Oh, easily. What what did Tavares get last year? I'm I'm going to pull it up. So, average time of ice, 17 minutes, 46 seconds for Barzal. Average time of ice for um, John Tavares, 19 minutes, 56 seconds. And he was usually topped out at 20 minutes. 21 minutes was his most in 2013-14. Right. So, somewhere roughly 20 minutes, let's say. So, we're talking like almost three minutes of ice time. Per game, yeah. On top of that, so that those possession numbers are probably going to go higher, which means that's even more of a chance for scoring to, to yeah. grow on his eighty-five points from his first year. Yeah. Now, did did the NHL say, and it, this is probably the case, did they say if those that that offensive time was five on five? Yes. Or all situations, it was only five on five. I th- I the, probably probably I think I so. Just, okay. I just want to make sure. I would imagine so because I I would imagine power play time would increase that significantly because they're usually more on the offensive side. But I just wanted to make sure. Um, I would imagine that they're... I'm pretty sure it was five five on five. five. Okay. Um, Then also, he. some will say he has a reputation of not being that great defensively. But what if I told you that he led the league in carryouts per game with 6.7? That's pretty good. Yeah, so he's getting the puck out of the zone almost seven times a game. So I, I will agree that some people say that he's got to work on his defensive game. And there's a specific play that I can remember from last year where it really just kind of sticks with me. And it, maybe it's, it isn't fair because it's only one play. And it was against the Flyers. And the Flyers had the puck in their own zone. And Barzal was a four-checker coming in to, um, to put pressure on the puck carrier. And he just kind of skated by him completely on the half wall so the defenders like I, I, th- I forget who it was it's either, either Provorov or Goss's Behar on, uh, and he's just kind of like dumbfounded that Barzal just kind of skated right by him going oh you're not you're not going to stick check me or anything okay and he passes the puck up across the blue line gets it to the winger the winger brings it in fires it towards the net or at net and it banks off someone and in because Barzell just like let the guy go, he just let him go. It maybe it was a lack of focus. It was it was he was just caught napping, or I don't know what he was doing. But he's got to erase that from his game big time next year. Okay, I think so that's I, fair. I, I, I get the the the, the, the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm lost for my words again today. Rhetoric? No. Um, the concern. That's the one. I get okay. the concern with Barzell's defensive game. Um. I just, I don't think that's a huge thing for him. I don't think that's, he needs to work on that or else he's not going to be a good player. He's a fine player. He's fine. This is just one of the things he's going to have to work on, and he will. He's 21 years old. He's going to get better. He's going to figure that out. Don't worry about it. 
And then for carry-ins, he was also very good, not leading the league, but he was fourth with 6.6 per game. He was behind, let's see if you ever heard of these guys, McDavid, Goudreau, and McKinnon. No. So he's doesn't, in, he's in pretty good company. <laughs> yep, big time. Like, look, obviously losing John Tavares, it stinks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the Islanders this year, but... Matt Barzell can handle this. I think this is the point, the biggest point that I wanted to get out of this by looking at these numbers is, is showing that Barzell can handle the bigger role. Absolutely. So uh, there's not only that, because all those numbers absolutely show that he can play defensively, as in take the puck out of the zone. He could play offensively, we already know that with the points, but he can also lead the charge by bringing the puck in the zone. And he also leads the league by keeping the puck in play in the offensive zone. That's perfect. Those are three things that you need for your club. But there are other things here to play. Like So I, I wrote a piece a while ago and I, I referenced an article from Lighthouse Hockey. It was Travis Flynn who wrote it. It's an outstanding analysis of, of Matthew Barzell against Tier 1 defenders and his, his play, how it increased over the last 30 games. His expected goals for went from 35% to 55% over by the end of the year. That's outstanding. 50% means you're good. 55% is top tier. That's insane type of, of, of production. Not, not production, but ex- expected production. Mm-hmm. Um, so what expected goals for, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's really trying to distinguish the quality of scoring chances or the quality of shots that this player is generating. And Barzal is top tier in terms of quality of shots he's generating towards the net. And this is against tier one defenders. Guys like um, Bufflin, like Doughty, uh, like, who else can I name that's a top-tier guy that Victor I keep forgetting? Hedman. Carlson, Hedman, that's right, against these type of players. He's doing this all against these guys, and he was getting better and better and better as the year went on. Tavares, mind you, flatlined around 45 to 48% expected goals for. So in relation to Tavares, Barzal was better against top-tier defenders. So add that with, with everything you've just said, this guy's made for a number one center. He's the perfect, he's our number one center. There's no question about it. There should be no question. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what he does with that extra ice time too. Oh man, and it's a lot of ice time. I didn't think it was that much, but 17.46 up to, let's say, close to 21 minutes. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, so that's going to be one of my favorite storylines. I feel like I've written it on the website a million times, but my one of my favorite storylines going into this year is Barzell's development going into year two. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can you give a Calder a second year? Can we just... No, I guess Hart. Hart is the better one. Yeah, let's get him let's from see. a Calder to a Hart. Yes, we need him to go over the 90 points. <laughs> Calder was <laughs> his gateway trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. Too much. Um, <laughs> Want to get into a little expectation game? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so on the website... It's August, and leading up to the season, we got to do some predictions too. So, I did one with uh, Brock Nelson. I, your boy, my boy, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, what did I expect out of Brock Nelson this year? Basically, is the point. We go through every guy on the roster and say what we expect out of them. Obviously, he was coming off a poor year: nineteen goals, thirty-five points. Not not great. I think I ended up going with. Uh, 22 goals and 42 points. I believe that's right. I think you hit 20 goals and 22 assists. Or 20 goals and 22 assists. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. But it was 42 points. Correct. Was the point. I I definitely think he goes above 40. He has to because it's a contract year for him. And yeah, you could say that last year was mm. two technically, but he was an RFA. It's a little different. Unrestricted free agent is this is the big boy league. Now you're trying to get paid big time, and whether it's with the Islanders or whether it's with some other chump who's going to give him $5 million a year, I don't know, but... So way to play your hand there. Yeah, he is definitely... He he has to play better this year. If he puts up another 30 points, he's only hurting himself because then he's not going to get any kind of significant money. Right, so... And I, I think... I, I don't disagree with you. I think... Brock Nelson with his new $4.25 million deal is going to look for something above $5 million. And to do that, he's going to have to put up 40 or more points. Now, can he? Absolutely. Like, he put up 35 last year and he disappeared again for a number of months. 
So for him, it's going to be the compete level. So he could still put up 40 points and get that $5 million raise, uh, maybe not $5 million, but up to $5 million in terms of his salary. But he's going to need to put in a complete effort from October all the way to April. And Barry Trotz is probably going to get that out of him, especially if he wants to be the second line center. Right, like that—that's—that's that's the job he's going for right now. Going into camp, the job he's—he's he's applying for a second-line center. We'll see if he gets it. Come, if you want to call it the interview process, being training camp. Right, he's probably his competition. I guess is Kovar, and maybe you could throw Philpula into the mix too. Even though I think he's going to end up on the third line, but I think you have or, to at or least Bo, or Bo, maybe Bo at center. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, so let's say that those four. Right. Are probably you know applying for the job to go yeah, with your analogy. And I, I think favoritism is t- is towards Nelson right now. I feel I don't want it to be. I think Kovar should be the guy without question. I think it's his spot to lose, but I feel like the organization sees things differently. I I'm right with there with you. I would rather see Kovar get it, but I think they value Nelson more at center instead of wing, which I I don't get, but I whatever. Yeah. Um, and they tried they. Handed him this job in 2016-17, and I think they're going to try and do the same thing again. I think so. With, with the the dangling of the contract, right? But I, the thing that scares me is that he, let's say he semi figures it out this year, and let's say he puts up like higher 40, so like 48 points. Are we going to say you're going? Yeah. Are we going to say okay now because Barry Trotz is here, he's figured out, or is this an outlier season and you're going to end up paying him? Five years, $25 million, then he goes right back to disappearing again and putting up 35, 40 points. I don't think you ever give Brock Nelson a long-term deal. If this is the kind of thing that gets him motivated, then you have your, your what's the word, your, your negotiation chip. <laughs> so you know you, where to go with him. You're just going to give him Joe Thornton contracts at age 26? <laughs> no, you give him like two, maybe three years. Um, I'd say two. Uh, and And go from there and if he doesn't take it then you go well I don't feel comfortable giving you five years I don't feel comfortable giving you a Josh Bailey deal I'd rather give Josh Bailey someone who's there every day who plays every day this type of money because I can I can rely on his is not maybe production but at least his level of his compete level whereas with you I can't do that because you routinely disappear from December to March every year I don't want you to be comfortable, unfortunately. I agree. That's why I don't. I don't really see a scenario where they bring him decide to bring him back. And you're you're probably right. You're probably right. And I think most of the fan base would be okay with that. Most, I'd say, like eighty percent of us. True. So, what is what are your expectations then? If you had to put a put a point total on him. If he's playing second line center, I expect him to put up forty five points. If he's playing. Second line wing, I expect him to put up fifty points. Wow. Okay. That's that's my expectation for him. Um, if he doesn't put that up, then I don't think you give him a contract. No, I think that's fair at this point. It's it's time for him to be the player they drafted him for. Yeah, that's right. He's supposed to be a first round player. Well, he's supposed to be. He was a first round player. Um, he's got to prove that he's got something to give, and if not, ship him. Right, I think his value. I, my thing is, as much as I don't want Nelson to be a part of this long-term plan for the Islanders, I also don't necessarily want them to let him walk for nothing. I think it would be smart to try and trade him. And they even let if you Tavares walk for nothing. So. I, I know, but this is this is a little bit different now. Right, different different group, different group. Um, and even if it's like a if, if it's for a pick. At the trade deadline, it, like or something, they don't necessarily have to. It doesn't have to be like I don't know someone we talked about a lot, Justin Falk. Like just because I feel like we brought up his name a million times, it doesn't have to we be did. like for something like that. It could honestly just be for a pick. I, I guess I don't. I don't want picks anymore, but I understand the argument. I get it. I just want some form of compensation. Yeah, fair enough. You don't want to lose him for nothing. You don't want to lose anyone for nothing. Like uh, oh, the, the the return we could have got from Tavares. Oh my god! Embarrassment of riches we could have got. Yeah, sad. Uh, Want to get into some untradeable players? Yes, okay. very much so. So you constructed a list of guys who you deemed untradeable. So how, how about you share your list first, 
and then I'll give you mine. So Andrew Ladd doesn't make this list, sorry. <laughs> I understand he's not tradable as in no one wants him. That's a fair argument. But in this case, untradable meant players that I don't think the Islanders should trade because they should keep. So Barzal, as in like you can't get a trade for these guys that would make me want to give them up. So Barzal, Wallstrom, Dobson. And to be fair, I was a little shaky on Bellows, but... I consulted my colleagues here at Eyes on Isles, and I was eventually convinced. Um, so Barzal, Wallstrom, Dawson, Bellows are four guys you don't trade, according to me. Okay. What is your list? My list is shorter. I imagine it's probably no, my one li- to two players. No, no, no. My list is actually the same, but it has different players, actually. Oh, same okay. Life. Okay. So, my list is Barzal... Wallstrom, Pulak, uh-huh. and Bellows. Okay, so Dobson is free to go. Yes. Oof. Oof. Okay, so I get the argument that some of these, that, like, this is obviously subjective, right? It's subjective to whatever criteria you, you, put on these players. And a lot of these players that we've deemed untradeable are prospects. We all know that Barzal's untradeable, and we know why he's untradeable. We just gushed about him at the top of the show. Um, but when it comes to Wallstrom, Dobson, and Bellows, these are three guys that we've never seen in the NHL, right? So we don't necessarily know what they'll be. So our their value to us is in what we think they will become. So I, I get the notion of, of well, that isn't necessarily untradeable because you don't know what they are. You don't know what you're, you're keeping. Whereas you can trade these guys for players who are known commodities in the NHL. So I was, I was asked by, not maybe not asked, but yeah, I'm going to say asked, like, would you trade Bellows and Dobson for Charlie McAvoy by our, our, our friend Chris Estero? So Bellows, Dobson, that's two of my untradeable players for Charlie McAvoy. He says, you obviously make that trade. Because he thinks only Barzal is untradeable. Okay. So, I get I Just get to his the argument. trade, do you make that trade Bellows-Dobson for, for McAvoy? Yeah. See, you would, because Bellows and Dobson aren't on your untradeable list. I yeah, wouldn't. Bello, Bellows Sorry, was. Bellows did. Right. But there, here's the thing. like It's always to an extent. Barzal is probably the only one where it's not to an extent. His, his is a definite. Right, where the only return possible for a trade, including Barzal, is Connor McDavid. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, And Pulak is pretty close to that for me. See, I'm not. He's 24. I'd I'd rather... I'm I'm okay with a guy like like, like Dobson. If if he's supposed to be what he's going to be, I'm okay with it. But again, I get that the list is subjective. I get it. I get it. See, because I think um, them drafting Bodie Wild in the second round, you can kind of get away with moving... Dobson. Fair enough. I love the Bodie Wild pick. I, I get it. And and getting back to, to, to Chris and his trade, I wouldn't make the trade. I get someone who would. And I completely understand the argument is that Barzal is the only untradeable player. That's fair to say. I don't agree, but I understand the argument. Whereas I, you could theoretically move any of those guys for someone like Charlie McAvoy, who hasn't even peaked yet and is already in the top 20 defenders in the league. Yeah, uh, for me, I I know I mentioned uh, Pulak being there, but I might have to also put Wallstrom in there because I, I really think this kid is going to be like a 40-goal scorer every year. I, I, I've never heard any, never heard, but I haven't heard a single terrible thing about him. Like like a Patrick Line type player. Yeah, exactly. I know. So for me, the untradables are Wallstrom, Dawson, Bellows. Just because I, I rate Dobson so highly... Um, just because of everything I've read and seen about him, I understand where he wouldn't make other people's lists. And Bellows rates a little low for me. I'm just for me, it's that he's ready today. Right now, he can make the NHL, and he's got that that goal scoring potential where he could be a 30 goal scorer in the NHL today. And that is so appetizing for me right now. Yeah, it is. That's why I want to keep him around. So I, I get where people didn't like the. Um, I had so many players on it like Dobson and Bellows I get it but for me those are players that I just wouldn't give up I just wouldn't I, I, again unless someone like Connor McDavid comes around I get it that's yeah, different but th- that's that's unrealistic like if you're talking about 
trading for Eric Carlson or like a like a big name who could actually be available, Tyler Sagan maybe. Like then mm. you're you're probably not are you still not including any of those four that you mentioned? Probably not. Probably not. But the Islanders could probably get away with that because they have the fourth highest, right fifth. rated fifth highest rated prospect pool. They they could they could get away with it. Um, sure. I I don't know. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I get I get the argument. I understand the argument. If if you ask me to write up the trade scenario, I probably wouldn't put them in there. But I can understand anyone who does. So if you're you're trading for Tyler Sagan, and we'll get to him in a bit, a little bit later. Um, if you put Dobson in the list, I understand. I understand. I personally wouldn't do it, but I get it. Okay. I think that's. I think it's fair. Because you you can have this potentially young, solid team heading into your new arena. I think that's yeah. what you want. That's what I want, definitely. Right. So you're. But going I for understand a if place. like there's an offer that you can't refuse. I get it. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it, but I understand why someone else would. Right. And more often in more scenarios than not, you're saying, no, I don't want to move these guys. And I tend to agree with most of your guys on the list. Dobson's probably the one guy who I'd be like, I I could see myself parting ways with him. Because, listen, if you have to give to get, mm-hmm. so if you're going to give up someone who is a cream of the crop guy, I would rather give up a Dobson because you have a wild who – is semi comparable? Obviously, I don't yeah. think he is as good, but I think he could well, still be a top, like a second pairing right-handed defenseman. See, the thing is with, with Wild, he won't give you the same defensive qualities that Dobson will, but he'll give you equally to maybe better uh, offensive qualities. Yeah. So, depends on where you want to go. True. All right. Do you have anything else you wanted to add on the untradeables? Nope, I think that's it. That's all I got okay. on the untradables. So I, I know on this week you put out on the Eyes on Isles Twitter, if anyone had any questions that we wanted to answer on the pod, do you want to read off some of the questions we got? Yes. So first, I have from at New York, or NY Isles fan 13, the 13th New York Islanders fan. Um, but how did you become an Islanders fan? He's talking about me in Canada. Realistically, all caps, how many years till the Islanders win a cup? Okay. Oof. So first off, I'm going to answer the first question. How did I become an Islanders fan, even though I live in Canada? I sent out a tweet in response to that showing a mural that we have here. I live in Vanier, which is just outside, not even, it's part of like downtown Ottawa. And this is where Denny Potvin grew up, Denny Potvin, Jean Potvin. And we have a mural dedicated to the two Potvin brothers because they came from here and they played in the NHL. And there's a big New York Islanders logo in downtown Ottawa. Uh, right on our what we call our main street it's Montreal Road it cuts through the entire city um, it actually if you take it all the way it'll take you right to Montreal that's the point of the road the name uh, my dad used to follow them back when the Ottawa Senators weren't here and until said Senators showed up my dad was an Islanders not supporter necessarily but that was a team that he like associated with and so I gained that affiliation and that's how I became an Islanders fan because I hate the Ottawa Senators. Hate them. Okay. I like that story. And, I've heard it before, uh, but I like that story. Yeah. <laughs> so how many years till the Islanders win a cup? Four or five? I was going to go four. Maybe? Like, that. that's best case scenario. Uh, I think four or five is their best case scenario. Yeah, probably because this year, uh, this is my realistic scenario. This year, so one year, they miss the playoffs. Next year, they make it. Don't go far. Yeah. Year three, you maybe go to the second round or conference final. And then year four, Stanley Cup final and win. I feel I feel that. I feel it. A little progression there. You know, yeah, a little nice up. progression. In a third of the time, it took Garceau to get that type of progression. There wasn't any progression. He got, he got out of the first round of the well, playoffs once. Yeah, but he went from not playoffs to playoffs in, what was that, 14-15? Bounce in the first round. The next year, he went to the second round of the playoffs in 15-16. But then there was ridiculous regression where he didn't make it, didn't make it. Yes. So we got to get so, that. 
in, in that five-year window, there, there was a three-year progression right at the end. We might get that in a third of the time. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Me too. And I think that's realistic with all caps. I like the emphasis because it was all capitals on realistic. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, next is at Words by Wonka who asked, what is your ideal starting lineup top four lines? Does Joshua saying make your top six and where would Bellow slot in? So this is something we've Ooh. gone over a bunch of times. My table that I've now thrown out because we've redeveloped my, what do you want to call it, like workstation in the other basement room here. Um, we had that that top that are our top four lines. So let's try to figure that out. Line one. Bo, Barzal, Everly. Yes. Okay. Agree. Line two. We have Lee, Kovar, Bailey. Yes. I think we only not sure about who the center is. Yeah, but I lean towards Kovar. Okay. So that means line three is some combination of Andrew Ladd, Valtteri Fulpula. And Brock Nelson? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then line four is, at least on, on opening night, is Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck. That's where I disagree. I think Komarov's going to get the nod over Martin. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. But then that leaves Joshua saying Kiefer Bellows out in the wind. Oh, no, they are locked in the deep depths of Bridgeport, Connecticut. I didn't want to believe you, and I've, I've, I've held out for, for long, but I, I think that's what's happening. Unless they have fantastic camps, but then what do you do? You, you wave Brock Nelson? You try to trade him, clearly, but I don't know if anyone's willing to make a trade at the beginning of the season. Although, you know, never know. Uh, that's, it, it happened with Letty and Boychuk. That's exactly where I was going. You're absolutely right. October 4th, 2014. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see it words by Wonka. I don't know your actual name, um, but it's possible. It's possible they slot, if they, if they slot in, it's on line three for me. Okay. Yeah, probably if they, if they do make it line three. Okay. Next question is at crisps or crisp seven, two, eight, eight, five, seven, four, three. You need a new Twitter handle. That's too many numbers. That that that's a bot, right? <laughs> Anyways, he asks, or she asks, or they ask Tyler Seguin and what it would take to get him. Oh Lord! So he's available. He's got a year left on his deal, and I think he's what six million. Six million man? this year. Yeah, it's not even five seven five. He's making. Okay, is his cap it? Five seven five this year. He put up. In the last four years, 77 points, 73 points, 72 points, and 78 points last season with a 40-goal season. What do you trade for that? I go, and a lot of people probably won't like it, but I would do first-round pick, Eberle, Devin Tays, and maybe another prospect. Okay, that's a lot. That's so much for one year. Because he's UFA, right? After that, I didn't say that purposely. Yeah, I know, but I think it's gonna have to. It's gonna take a lot. Okay, I don't think it's gonna take a little. I definitely think it's gonna take a lot. Um, and I, he wants to stay. He clearly wants to stay, uh, and they'll have the money to do it. So I don't. I don't know why they haven't signed him yet. But at a twenty-six-year-old center, uh, first off, he's got a modified no-trade clause. Let's get that out in the open. Uh, he's not gonna come. <laughs> Let's. Just, I don't. I don't think so. But who knows? He's Mitch. This isn't fun. What's your scenario? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pulak, I think, uh, is step one. Josh Hosang, step two. First round pick, twenty nineteen. Okay. For one year of Taylor Sagan or Tyler Sagan, um, before he gets a UFA status. That's what I think it's going to take. Okay. I don't want to give up Pulak. I know. I know. But I, I think I think that's what it's going to take. Although, they got John Klinberg, so why do they need it? But they do need defense. They need defense. They need it. They need goaltending. Like last year, uh, what's his name? Ben Bishop wasn't fantastic. They could have Pelican Grice. Pelican Grice. Okay. <laughs> well, 
Because I don't think they've got anyone coming up in terms of goaltending. Colton Point is their 20-year-old goalie, 20-year-old goalie who is, uh, what did he put up last year? He had, in the NCAA, a 944, 174 goals against average. That's pretty good. Not going to lie. That's pretty good. That is so pretty good. Maybe they don't need a goalie. <laughs> I think you talked yourself out of that one. I definitely did. On the fly. It's perfect. Okay. Next and last question that I have is from at Leo the Greek or GRK. Injuries. Isles are injury prone and I believe they are at the top of the league regarding man games lost due to injury. Is that even being addressed in the organization? Matt, what say you? Is this uh, being addressed? I don't know how you go about addressing injuries. So you you, you can't. I, I think what he's trying to get at is do they have enough depth in the organization to cover for injuries when they inevitably get them? Yes, they do. Okay. This is a very this is a deep team. They might not be good, but they have a lot of depth. They have a million bottom six forwards. You have Bellos. You have Hosang. There it you is. have Aho. You have Taze, Pellick, Mayfield. You have a lot of guys. Soderstrom. So last year the Islanders lost uh, man games in terms of goalies nineteen. They lost 106 man games from defense and 211 man games lost in forwards. Um, that's a lot. In terms of games lost, I think they rank sixth. If I'm just looking at the graphs here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the NHL. So pretty high. Um, they weren't the healthiest team last year. We already know that. Uh, but in terms of defense, yeah, I completely agree with you, Matt. They've got guys that they can call in to fill in places. Um, in four, they have the two guys you already mentioned in Bellows and Hosang. Uh, Dal Cole, maybe. No. No, that's gross. Who? <laughs> um, hopefully. Hopefully he can, but I don't, I don't see it. Who? Yeah. On defense, like you said, Aho, Taze, Van de Sample, Quenville, maybe, if he gets to that point. And then in if goalie, they can, they can call up Lesotostrom. That's true. So, like, I think they're covered. I think they're fine. And, and like you mentioned, they already have that bottom six. If they need a guy for just a game, they can throw someone up there. It, it, it's not going to be the high-scoring offense that they had last year, um, but they're going to have guys that they can toss in the lineup to at least stop the bleeding for a game or two. Yeah. So, yes, Leo, I believe they are inadvertently addressing their injury problems. But I don't think that goes away necessarily. I think there's still going to be a, there's going to be injuries. There's always going to be injuries. Um, but I think they've got the depth to figure that out, or okay. not figure it out, but ease it away. All right, there, there we go. Thank you to all who asked questions. We're on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS if you want to get in on that next time. Yeah, sorry we couldn't read all of them. We had so many questions that we only wanted to take four, maybe five of them. And I only got to writing down four of them. There, there, are, there are a few other ones up there that we just, we just couldn't get to. But maybe next time we'll get to them. Certainly. So I'm going to share some of the things that I have for the social segment. And then I don't know if you yes. have anything else. But I wanted to start with, first, the puppy. Oh, I mean, that, that, that's the best thing that I've seen all month. We Anything got puppy related is already top of my list. Yeah, I can't wait for the Pucks and Paws calendar. So basically, if you living under a rock and didn't see, the Islanders <laughs> have a puppy. And they are training it to become a guide dog. And it's through the Pucks and Paws calendar. So America's Vet Dogs and also this Guide Dog Foundation, they train these animals to then be service dogs or a guide dog. And that's exactly what they're doing. You can vote on this guide dog's name. I don't know if it's actually a boy or a girl. Did they ever say? I don't know. I don't know either, but you can vote uh, for the name of the dog. Right. Oh, God. I was trying to think of a clever name for, for the dog, and I, I couldn't I couldn't think of one. I, no. I'm trying to think. Some of the names they had uh, for a boy. This is off the top of my head. But for a boy, I remember it was. Easton, Bauer, Radar. Radar was my dog's name growing up. Okay. It's pretty good. That's a good solid name. But that Easton is... and, and, and Bauer are pretty good. And then for a girl, it was like Collie, Meadow, and uh, something else. There was, there's some options that you could choose from and vote for. Collie and Meadow. Not even hockey related. Maybe it oh is, but God, I, I can't see right the connection. Uh, they practice in East Meadow. 
and the <laughs> and the Nassau the Coliseum, Coliseum, right? I was thinking collie like a border collie. Uh, that just went right <laughs> over Mitch's head. Woo! <laughs> wow, wow, that's bad. Honestly, I was thinking border collie. That's a stupid name for a dog. Why would you name a dog after a breed? Well, it makes sense now. Now, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Uh, Islanders related name for a dog. I like Collie. I really Coll- do. Collie's pretty good. That's pretty good. Boy or girl, I don't care. Collie. Collie. All right. I like Bauer too. I thought like that's just a cool name. I thought that's just a cool name. It I doesn't like, have anything Islanders related though. Yeah. Well, no, it's hockey related. I, when I when I name dogs, not not like I name dogs all the time, but when I think of, of good dog names, it's like old people names like Mabel or George. Or Humphrey. I always wanted to name a dog Boris. My buddy used to have a dog called Boris. It was his favorite band. I didn't know they were a band, but I just, I agree with you. Like, or like Walter or like something <laughs> like that. Like, you yeah, see dog. Like, it's like a basset hound. Yeah. Come on, Walter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just moseying around the Boris or something like that. Yeah. Boris, come get your Boris. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my God. Uh, okay. So there's that. There's the dogs, yeah. which we're very okay. excited about. What else? Secondly, you see the video of Josh Hosang skating. I saw it, and I loved it. Kid can skate. In case you were wondering, Josh Hosang, good at skating, good at puck handling, still good at it. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, AHL bound. God. God this most likely AHL bound, yes. Unfortunately. But that was an awesome video to see once again in August when we're just looking for anything to get our hopes onto. We're dying for hockey content. Dying. Give us something. It's it's finally starting to happen. We had the Beauty League not too long ago. Now players are starting to report to this back to their home cities. Well, I say home because they don't actually live there, but they live there throughout the season. Um, and they're finally starting to show up to facilities and practice and get together as a team. It's starting, Matt. It's starting. It is. And the last one that I wanted to talk about, which this one just really bothered me, but the EA Sports NHL 19 ratings came in. Okay. And Matthew Barzell is not in the top, not the top top five, not the top 10, 20, 30, 40, top 50. He's not in the top 50 players in the game, Mitch. How is that physically possible? He was 16th in scoring. He put up 85 points, won the Calder. And isn't in the top fifty. So I know that EA retooled their uh, their ratings, and so like the highest rated player I think is McDavid at a ninety four. That's so stupid, by the way. Highest rated player should be ninety nine. I think that's what they're trying to do. Is that when it comes to these these types of players, that not everyone is perfect. So he he shouldn't be ninety nine because you remember the days where like um, Peter Forsberg was a ninety nine and everything was maxed out. Because they just wanted to max him out because he was the best player. Well, Connor McDavid still has weaknesses to his game. I think they're trying to reflect the parity in the NHL and how these guys are just uh, like marginally better in certain areas than other ones. They're trying to make it more realistic. So I but get, I get I, that. I, I don't. I see. I this is where I disagree because then, like, no one's like super low either. Like, I'm pretty sure last year, like, Cal Clutterbuck was like an 80. So then, what are you saying? Like, Anders Lee's an 84. Like, there's a four point difference between the two. I think that's what they're trying to show. Is that that's so the- dumb? That's so stupid. <laughs> it's a video game. If I was, it should be like how the Madden ratings work, where it's like I don't know, Anders Lee's like a, a ninety-one, and Clutterbuck's like a seventy-four. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big difference. It should be like if you had to grade them on a test as a player. You're not giving. If you had to grade Connor McDavid, if you were a teacher and you said I'm going to give him a grade, you're giving him a ninety-four. No, yeah. you're probably giving it. No, you're not. Stop it. Be, well, stop that, it. that means 6% of what he, uh, of every, of all aspects of hockey, he may not be as good at. Sure. No, that's, that's lame, Mitch, and you know it. Come on. Wait, 6%. Think of the 6% of the assets that, like, is Connor McDavid a physical player? No. So he probably, he's probably low on all the physical aspects in terms of checking, in terms of, right? In terms of strength. It's not saying he's a weak player, but he's not going to go and fight. His fighting skills are probably negligible. That that's a significant, not a significant, but that's a facet of hockey, right? Especially the physical, just physicality in terms of that as a category. He's probably low on. That's a big aspect of the game. 
So when someone like Matthew Barzell, I, I, I get it. I don't think he should be less than the top 50. That means he's either 88 or lower. 87 or lower. Well, they didn't name all 88 players, right? So I'm, I'm assuming maybe there's an 88 that's like no, 51 or Some of or them 50. were in the 87s. Were they really? So it's 87 yeah. or lower. Yeah. That's rough, considering McDavid's a 94. But then again, I, 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 it's just like what we saw with the Sportsnet ratings, where McDavid, or not McDavid, but Barzal uh, came up 40th. They they rate consistency. They don't rate immediate results. So if a guy has got one really good season, like Barzal, they're going to say, that's great. We acknowledge that, but we're not going to go over the hills for it yet because they he's did only it for William Carlson. Yeah, I know. I, I, and this is the bias too, because then I pulled there up it is. the numbers where Austin Matthews rating went up and he was ranked 39th after winning the Calder in the game. So... There's a bias. There's a clear bias. If you're not oh. playing in Toronto, the biggest hockey market in the world, then you can't be in. The, you can't be good in the game. Essentially, and okay. the rating system is stupid. If that is your argument, then fine. There's a bias. Yeah, I buy into that big time. If your argument is just I don't like the ratings because I don't like the ratings, both. Uh, it's both. It's both. The rating system is dumb. The, the best player in the game should be a 99. Yeah, I don't know. I st- listen. I still play NHL 12 on my PS3. Okay, like I have it here, my PS3. It's not even plugged in. That's how often I play it. It's right here. It's in front of the microphone. We're just tapping the mic. That's how often I play this stupid thing. So I am not your best resource to complain about video games. You're probably worried about the NHL 94 or something. <laughs> You'll still- that. There it is. I'm going to pull it out right now. NHL Stanley Cup for the Super Nintendo at my disposal. It's ready. I can reach for it. I'm showing it to you right now. There it is. NHL Stanley Cup. The worst hockey game ever. Ever. With the shifting cameras. Oh, But I play this more than I play my PS3. That's how oh unreliable I am for judging video games. I-, I get your argument that there's a bias towards the Islanders. And I completely agree. I'm okay with the ratings though. I'm okay with the rating systems. Sorry, the rating systems. I think Barzal should be in the top 20. <sighs> I guess agree to disagree. <laughs> Did I ruin your night? It's just... I, I, no, I mean, you didn't ruin my night. NHL 19 did. And their okay. re- dumb rating system. So will you buy it because you hate the no, rating system? No, no, I don't play video games anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I, clearly I do, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm not just saying, like, I, I don't play. I just... In, like, high school, I stopped playing video games. I don't know. I guess grew out of it, I guess. So, unrelated, and I think this is probably the last thing we'll be able to say because we're at 56 minutes here. The NHL, or not the AHL, the OHL is telling its players to remove all aspects of Fortnite from their social media and, and, and essentially don't play it because NHL teams don't like you playing that game. How do Why? you feel, Matt? <laughs> well, what does it matter what they do in their personal time? Exactly. What does it matter? It doesn't if they're matter. not doing drugs or killing anybody, then who cares? Well, they're they're killing people in virtual reality, Matt. And violence in video games is important, okay? That can lead to violence in real life, okay? You can't. You can't. I'm just... <laughs> it's such a, a stupid argument. Is that, a, is that like your dad voice? Like your parenting voice? It's very serious. I, think I can't picture breaks. you being serious. Like as a dad. Oh, it gets real. I get real. Hashtag it gets real here. I don't. I don't buy it. I'm not buying oh, into it. Okay, just call my wife. I'll. Yeah. Anyways, it gets real sometimes. <laughs> the okay. law gets laid down pretty hard in this household. There you go. Which is a very stern dad, apparently. Mm-hmm. I learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that it for you for a social segment? That is all I've got. Is okay. that all you've got? Yeah, that's it. So I'm going to start doing the plugs, and then we can get out of here so Mitch can go to bed and then wake up early and be a stern dad tomorrow. Yay. Okay. So first, wherever you are listening, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability, and you won't miss an episode if you do that, so we appreciate it for sure. Get at us at Twitter, at EyesOnIslesFS. My personal Twitter is at MattOlearyNY. Mitch's is at TLO. Mitch, you could also give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. And also be sure to visit the website and download the app, Eyes on Isles, in the iTunes store, Apple yeah, store. There you go. ITunes the app store. store app store and Google Play. 
story. There you go. On either one. That'll do it for us, Mitch. Another episode in the books. The last, I know summer keeps going, but like after Labor Day, it's like, who cares? So kind of the last of the summer. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah, kind of. Bye, summer. Bye, summer 2018. Hello, pumpkin spice. Gross. God, no, I'm not a big spice. pumpkin spice guy. Get that out of my coffee right now. <laughs> So that'll do it for us for episode number 54. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.